second episode we're doing what it is we're going doing on? it our first one actually officially will come out tomorrow inaugurational doomsday yeah. yeah um but you know we're excited we're definitely a work in progress um and we're excited to keep like exploring what it means to be a feminist in 2017 with all y'all yeah totally. yeah so just to recap we're the opposite of a sausage fest. Yeah, we're refer- referencing genitalia there. A lot. Mm. Yeah, it's really subtle. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we decided we want to explore what it means to be a feminist in 2017. Yeah, so each week we'll uh, have two guests on our podcast. We'll pick a theme and we'll explore that theme through a feminist lens um, to try and just help ourselves learn how to be better people and better feminists. Yeah, uh, and in hopefully this... inspire some action. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Help us get off our asses or get out of our computer brains, exactly. if you're me. Exactly. Um, Talk and to get other humans. onto the streets and do shit. Talk to other humans, clams, whatever you have about yeah. life. About life. Yeah. Life living. Exactly. Loving, learning. Yeah, so tomorrow is the inauguration. It is the inauguration And I just tomorrow. feel like we have to talk about that for a second before we totally get, in get into this. today's topic. Which um, is activism. Which is activism. So um, very fitting for... Uh, what's going on so i just feel like we should just like maybe just emotionally check in about how everybody's doing slash intro everybody simultaneously through via the elect uh the inauguration the elections already happened oh god if only if only our brains are we're so traumatized we don't even know what's going on (laughs) yeah so how are you feeling angela about the um i don't know i as i was driving over here it kind of as i was driving over here i'll be completely honest checking facebook while driving through los angeles traffic already already breaking my new year's resolution which (laughs) is to not touch my phone while i was behind a wheel but i can't i can't not do it um it dawned on me that it's obama's last uh, (laughs) this is last night as president um i'm kind of in shock i'm I'm kind of i'm in shock i'm in shock i'm in shock yeah um disbelief and I do feel like it's been in this time since election election day to inauguration day is this weird sort of limbo period where everyone's going through this not everyone a lot of people that I know are going through this intense grieving process other people certainly almost half the country is going through a different process um but is going through this weird grieving process and everyone's kind of processing and managing and moving moving forward or or trying to stay afloat in different ways um but now the time is arrived and the change is has already begun to happen but it's really it's really kind of going to be official tomorrow um and i think i think what what i think is going to happen for me is that the immediacy that i felt right after the election day the next day that sort of immediate need to move and to act i think is going to come back um and it should never have gone away in the first place but alas i'm easily distractible yeah Yeah. i'm feeling a bizarre combination of fear and hope um i'm afraid for so many things the more i read the more afraid i become Uh, but the women's march is this weekend so i'm feeling um some hope there and that hopefully it inspires people to continue with action, not just March. Like, the March is going to be, like, a fun party, anti-party, but hopefully it also helps people want to remain active afterwards. That brings me to our guests. Guests. And I'm so excited about everybody's here. I know. Yeah, so Erica runs a resistance organization, and I feel like I just want to let her intro herself because she's so interesting. She also just ran for office. She also has just amazing cool. pink hair that matches her lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I'll let her inter- <laughs> intro herself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I run this group called the Rose Resistance, which Lindsay is part of. And uh, I started it the evening of November 8th. There was sort of a moment around like 9 or 10 yeah. p.m. when we could really see where this was going. And I just felt I cannot 
live in this. I like I I cannot live without freedom and um I have to get started right now. Like the resistance has to start today. And so I started a secret Facebook group and just invited some of my friends and basically I just knew, like, this is so awful that um, if we start being sad, we'll just never stop. Mm. And uh, I prefer to be doing things and to be moving forward and to taking to take action. So ever since then, I've uh, been working on that, and it's sort of become, like, my full-time job that I don't get paid for. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I spend pretty much all of my time trying to – um, organize people and find like little things that people can do and sort of like varying degrees of uh, action that people can take because some people they um, they don't want to do much so right. you have to make something as easy as possible and so I've been uh, especially trying to get people to call the representatives make it as easy as possible and other people they're willing to do a lot and the more people want to do the more I want to be able to give them to do. So that's what do I've you have on. like a do you have a website or is it all organized through your Facebook? We page? do, yeah. yeah. It's uh, theroseresistance.com. After the war, the Nazi ideology largely went underground. Small groups of neo Nazis continued the hateful legacy. Those neo Nazis now call themselves the alt right. The alt right Nazis believe that America is a country for white men. They do not believe in freedom. They do not believe in equality. They are enemies of democracy. So now, 72 years after the Allies defeated the Nazis in World War II, Americans must prepare to fight them once again. The alt-right Nazis are about to infiltrate the White House through the chief advisor, Steve Bannon. But freedom-loving Americans are fighting back. I'm hosting resistance meetings at my house, getting my friends involved. I call my congressmen every week to keep the pressure on them to fight racist policies and stand up for what's right. I'm organizing a protest on Inauguration Day. When millions of Americans hit the streets on January 20th, we will show the incoming regime that if they try taking people's rights, we will be there to stop them. Americans defeated the hateful ideology of the alt-right Nazis once before. We can do it again. If you believe in freedom, equality, and democracy, join us. Go to theroseresistance.com and sign up. Yeah. <laughs> that is so badass. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's dramatic, you know. But yeah, but it is dramatic, right? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a dramatic, dramatic. time that we are living in. This is fucking yes. dramatic. Yeah. There's, yeah. Some, there's some crazy alt-right footage in there. I, I encourage everybody to go to the Twitter as well, which is, what's the Twitter handle? Uh, it's Rose underscore resistance. Cool. And you can see you can see that what we just played there as well and on the YouTubes mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Yeah. It is. It is dramatic. There's some alt-right footage in there that kind of gets me every time of being Ugh. like, we live in we live in a different time than just like a couple months ago, mm-hmm. for sure. So, Erica, how are you feeling about Inauguration Day tomorrow? Um, honestly, I don't. Do I have feelings anymore? I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I've been so busy trying to coordinate stuff for tomorrow, trying to get people out to protest and um, to protest peacefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important that there isn't just a march on Saturday, but there's also on Inauguration Day uh, a lot of people out in the street because that is the way that you really send a message and also become part of the media narrative. So I have been working on that so much that I haven't had time to really have a lot of feelings. Yeah. So yeah. dead inside, that's <laughs> the answer. We should introduce our next guest. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. You talk to us. Michael J. Henderson is also (laughs) here. Hello. Michael's a very talented, funny comedian. And we um, have worked together, and now we play together doing comedy. And then the other crazy thing that I noticed that Michael was doing was that he was reposting Trump tweets verbatim on his Facebook (laughs) right around election time, and people didn't realize, people thought Michael was like writing jokes or that, or that he was just doing a status update and they were actual Donald Trump tweets. Holy shit. I don't know if you want to speak to that. Like, uh, you caught me a couple of times where I was like, this is really funny, and you're like, it's just what he tweeted today. I I sort of started playing a game of like two tweets and a lie just for myself. (laughs) So, because it's really easy to obviously steal the template of. Twitter, write in whatever you want as yeah, like yeah. a fake tweet. So what, what I did a few times is you know you have like a couple of true ones mixed in with a, a fake one. Yeah. And I think the most like revealing thing is like people like can't your the your guess is as good as yeah. mine. You know it's like there's you could go because he's been doing he's been tweeting for so long, you can really get like a. I actually was just talking to to people like I I want 
I, obviously, I'm not going to put it together because I'm lazy, mm-hmm. but I'm looking forward to buying the coffee table book of like, like the rise and fall of America. Uh, a, yeah, a chronological. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah. you literally get to watch his his tweets and like his social That's media a, presence is like his, everything's broken. We're all sad, and then we have to fill up the rest of our time with jokes and resistance. I think is sort of the way that goes. 2017 yeah. is going to be about. Um, sort of finding our comedic voice as Americans. I think anybody that's, like, uh, moved that way uh-huh. at all, that has any sort of voice, um, is going to have to speak out. I tell a lot of fart jokes. I love and, a fart And joke. I'm going to have to, you know, cater them to, you know, getting people to pay attention because uh-huh. it's... You it's, just have to change them to pee jokes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. And I hope he keeps <laughs> tweeting. I, also, I, like, I love keep tweeting, like, hashtag keep tweeting. Is uh, my my like why why because you hope that will cause his demise or you're entertained abs- or all of a the little above. bit of yeah a little bit of everything. I am a hundred percent convinced that in the next six months to six years, however long it takes, we will be watching the criminal proceedings. Like we will be watching the trial. And we get to have that amazing moment where the prosecuting attorney goes, and I'd like to turn your attention to Exhibit A. All of his tweets. Yeah, so <laughs> many chilling. Like, it's gonna be amazing because yeah. it's any day now he's going to tweet something really, really stupid where everybody goes, "You just indicted yourself, you dumb idiot." I almost feel he like can't he doesn't. Himself. Yeah, he doesn't think that he has an internet footprint or something like we all do. Like it, right. it's it's there, it's there forever. People pull up his old tweets every day. It's because he's done so many. You can search thematically. So anything that happens in the world, you go to the advanced Twitter search. Like, uh, I was, you know, I wasn't the first person to do it, but right when the whole golden shower thing happened, (laughs) you know, you go, you type in golden, (laughs) there's like, there's that amazing tweet that he had that was like, um, I live by the golden rule, whoever has the gold makes the rules, you know, whatever, (laughs) from a few years ago, but you just repost that and people are like, holy shit, but it's real. Yeah. It's real life, it's really happening, and we're all going to die. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Speaking of the difference between truth and fiction, maybe this is a segue for me to play your clip. I'm not sure. But here's some, <laughs> here's some fiction that Mike I'm the Warner wrote. Herzog of internet trollism. Yeah, do you want to introduce this little clip? I think that's, that's all it is. Uh, okay. the, we've been playing around with the master class, and uh, I thought this would be apt for our, our next administration. Cool. Here we go. Because in the right hands, this is a weapon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open their eyes and I'm gonna ruin their day. And it's not just words. You think Pizzagate happens if we don't retweet that thing a million times? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Never use a pun. Unless it's inflammatory and overtly racist. Making it political. And that's where persistence comes in. The perfect amount of grammatical errors to really get people over the edge. Think of yourself as gravity, just pulling everyone down. <laughs> so, <laughs> Love memes. You can get so much misinformation out with just a picture and a few words. Don't be afraid to just make no sense, but use capital letters. Use ad hominem. That's a good one. That'll show those libtards. Dad, turn off NCIS! I'm trying to record something! Because this is your world, squirrel. Wrong. I'm at Boom Hunter 420 and this is my masterclass. Awesome. That's Michael <laughs> that. J. Henderson in the sketch masterclass wearing an excellent scarf and sweater. Thank you so much. You're Where welcome. can people watch that? Because I want to watch uh, it. I, only listen I, to just, I just started my new like uh, YouTube channel. Right on. Um, Michael J. Henderson. No. I'm going to put a bunch of stuff up there every week. Michael J. Henderson. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. I mean, I wanted to get more into the nitty gritty of, of the Rose Resistance and also the fact that, Erica, you just ran for office. And I wanted to hear a bit about your motivations and how it went and okay. if you would do it again and all those good things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit, I was not like the most polished um, office seeker. Basically, somebody else said, hey, uh, I'm thinking about running for assembly district delegate. And I was like, I've never heard of that. I'll do it, too. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was like two days before the deadline. 
Wait, and wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I kind of want to slow down and know a little bit more about you before the election. Sure. Like totally what, different person. Totally different. Yeah, I didn't even Mormon. have pink hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really conservative. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but like I was definitely more lighthearted, you know? Uh-huh. Like I laughed more for sure. <laughs> so um sad. I am I'm a writer, an mm-hmm. actress, filmmaker, mm-hmm. and um I'm from Indiana. And right uh, I, yeah, I, I went to college uh, to study political science, international studies, world languages. And I all sort of had this debate, um, would I pursue like my political interests or my entertainment interests? Mm-hmm. Because I was always pretty obsessed with both of those things growing up. Right. And uh, entertainment interests won out because I decided that I wanted a happy life um, because honestly like a lot of political problems they just make me miserable you know right. because you can't, you don't fix them um but then after november 8th it was like well happy life just like isn't an option anymore so uh <laughs> <laughs> i guess i have to do things that matter and i do actually have like an academic background that's extremely <clears throat> applicable to the time that we're living in right now um i've studied a lot about authoritarian regimes um i've always been interested in World War II and the Holocaust mm-hmm. and um, and just having my my political science background, like I just also understand government and how it works. And I have found that uh, most people don't have like the, the confluence of knowledge that I have. So um, I, I do still think that like culture is very important and I think especially now a lot of our political problems really are also cultural problems and so I'm very interested in doing things like like the the PSA that we played for Rose Resistance Mm -hmm. things like that where um you know using culture we get people to become more involved in our government because I think that that's one of the biggest things that's uh, led us to where we are now is really um, and a lot of people don't know that what's happening in America right now is just part of a global trend. There's like a global uh, anti-democratic, uh, um, authoritarian, right. very right-wing, um, you could say alt-right, like Especially in political Europe. trend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When, when, did, when did this shift start happening? Do you think? Uh, well, it's it's been the past few years, but um, it's really spurred on by the Syrian uh, refugee crisis. And um, honestly, a a lot of countries in Europe just didn't have the same racism problems as like obvious as we did because they just were way more homogenous. Right. And then when people of other races actually started showing up in those countries, it turned out, oh, people in Europe are super fucking racist too. Yeah. And... um, like, my, my fiancé is from Sweden, and we've talked a lot about, because um, the, like, most far-right nationalist party in Sweden has uh, tripled in size in the last four years, and now oh they are God. the third largest party. What are they called? Uh, the Swedish Democrats. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, you don't, just, like, straight up come out and say Nazis anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be frowned upon. Yeah. <laughs> but you can say everything else. Um, and... There, there's a lot of, of nationalistic sentiment. And uh, I don't know that, like, the social, uh, like, the social safety nets that are in many European countries, like, could be established now mm-hmm. because there's an unfortunate phenomenon, uh, welfare chauvinism, where white people don't want – don't want social programs if they benefit people of color, even if the white people themselves also benefit from it. They just don't like to see other people benefiting from it. Um, And this is why you see, like, such hatred for Obamacare um, because it favors or or it helps people of color um, in greater numbers or or greater percentages, I guess, than than white people. But then programs that benefit white people, they're totally fine with. Um, so we're seeing that a lot in Europe as well because uh, these these immigrants are coming, these refugees are coming, and a lot of Europeans do not want their their social safety nets to help those people as well. They're getting resentful of the programs that uh, that help refugees. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to 
stop helping them and, and send them home. Um, but the Syrian refugee crisis is nowhere near ending, and it will not get any better. Um, in fact, if Trump does what I think he will do and uh, um, allies with Assad and Russia, then mm -hmm. there is no end in sight for the refugee crisis, which means there is no end in sight for this like increasing nationalism yeah. Yeah. in Europe. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, really, this... Yes, like we, we are the first really big domino to fall. Uh -huh. um, there are extreme far-right governments that have taken over in uh, many European countries already, like Poland and Hungary, and they are uh, gaining power in many others. And so we'll kind of see, especially in the next couple of years with elections in like France and Germany, and then we'll kind of know like how bad is this really going right. to get. Um, like if Le Pen wins in France and if Merkel loses, yeah. then these are going to be very bad times for liberal democracy. And, yeah. you know, like my my whole life, I obviously I know that um, uh, America is not perfect um, mm -hmm. and that this is not a country of equal opportunity for everyone. Um, but I always took for granted that we would always be a democracy. Right. And I think most of us did. Yeah. And oh, yeah. we cannot take that for granted anymore. And we cannot take for granted that um, democracy will even continue in the West. And so back to like why I originally started talking about this <laughs> is that um, – that wouldn't be the case if people got involved because mm -hmm. like, really the reason that democracy is dying is that there's not enough people who are actually like putting in the work because mm -hmm. it's like autocracy doesn't require very much from the people at all but right. you also have very little control over what happens in your life democracy is the only way to have control over what happens to you but it also requires a lot from you mm -hmm. and that's what we have lost and like on the right they have stopped recognizing why democracy is great because they favor their own supremacy. And on the left, we have stopped recognizing how much it actually takes from us and that we mm. need to be involved mm -hmm. in our government or it will cease to represent us. Yeah. So you ran. So you ran I feel for like office. I want to clap. <laughs> yeah, that was beautifully said. <laughs> I want you to teach a Thank lecture. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions. I love it. Um, yeah, so also, I did run. I did. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm very, like, pessimistic in a lot of ways. I am. Good. And I honestly feel like I do not know if we're going to get through this. Like, I don't know if we will get through this without war. I don't know how long this will take. I don't know, like, how many decades the reverberations of this will last. Um, but I do know that, like, or I just believe, I guess, that what we do in life matters, you know, yeah. like how we spend our time on this planet. Mm -hmm. And our, I, I truly believe that democracy is the only, like, good form of government and that people are imperfect and sometimes shitty and you still, like, have to give them say over their own lives and their own government. And so I personally, as long as I'm living on this planet, like, have to fight for democracy. Yeah. I want to clap again. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us the office you ran for sure. and the process of that. And after that experience, would you do it again? Okay. Um, yeah. So as I said, I, I decided to do it like pretty much on a whim. It was like, sure, why not? Um, I love that. I That's can. kind of how we decided to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just like, ah, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And then, so yeah, I ran for a district delegate for the Democratic Party which would mean I would get to go to, like, the big, like, assemblies and I would get to have some voice in, uh, like, um, just different, I don't know, like, directions for the, the California Democratic Party mm -hmm. and uh, maybe people that we would recommend for different offices and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's the lowest level of, of elected office. And so I was pretty surprised to find out that it is like a very serious election really uh yeah and that there were a lot of people there who had been putting a lot of time into this for months and a lot of money and something that was really fascinating to me is the same people who would be like we have to get money out of politics we're fucking pouring money into their own stupid tiny election sure. yeah um and so 
uh, like one thing because you can vote for seven men and seven women and so people form a slate where they have you know seven men and seven women they're all running together and uh, that way you can like pool your your voters mm-hmm. and so you, you have to get people out but also convince the people That's who like are there. It's like a little bit Hunger Games right? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know I wouldn't I put it that way. I started to guacamole chip. It um, is interesting. I, I did not know the seven men, seven women thing, though. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, but what was most fascinating to me, I guess, is once we got there, so how the system works is there's, like, a little auditorium, and that's where the candidates are giving speeches, and then there's a very long line outside, and that's where people are lining up in order to vote. So over a 1,000 people came out to vote, and maybe, like, 30 people got to hear the speeches. Wow. Because you would have had to be there very early Mm -hmm. and just like get in line very early, miss the beginning of the speeches, go ahead and get your ballot, come in and watch the rest of them. Um, It was just uh, like really terribly designed and Mm -hmm. sort of felt like it was set up so that the people who are on like the slickest slates who have the money to have these like fancy brochures and stuff would have a leg up. Because I won't lie, I gave a killer speech. Yeah, uh, I believe it was, it. It was very good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I think people who got to see my speech, a lot of them wanted to vote for me. Yeah. And I ended up getting the most votes, I think, as far as I could tell, out of anyone who wasn't on one of the two big slates. Got it. Um, but I also felt like the people who ended up winning were the people who deserved it. Like, I guess going into this, I felt like, well, if somebody else wins – it's because they definitely put in more time and effort than I did into this, so mm-hmm. they should have it. <laughs> like, and I have a lot of things going on, so I yeah. wasn't like upset. But would I do it again? Sure. And I think um, I would. I would do it again, but I wouldn't necessarily do it the way that other people were were doing it. I think it should be structured in a way where like people can hear the speeches and stuff and really decide yeah. who they want to yeah, vote that for. Yeah, seems really silly. Like, yeah. Let's, um, let's Facebook live stream that stuff, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> for real. It's certainly, and, and this is frequently the case with local politics, is it's like very hard for new people to get involved and yeah. it's a little confusing mm-hmm. and some people even sort of like discourage you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went ahead and ran for executive board too because I was like, fuck it, why not? Why and, not? Uh, and, <laughs> Well, I was waiting in line to vote. One of the women who was who was running for executive board, she came up and asked me if I if I had a pamphlet for her yet, and I was like, no, but actually, I'm I'm also running. And she said, oh, are you on my slate? And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and uh, I said, but I'm running for the executive board. And she goes, oh, well, good for you for getting involved. Oh, oh man. Uh, and to me, it was hilarious. Was she wearing like, pearls? You, um, <laughs> she sounds like she, she was, was just all pearls. It was all pearls. Yeah, it was just, just a dress. Race. Race. <laughs> um, and like, to me, it was hilarious because you cannot intimidate me that way. But yeah. um, it was fascinating to see, like, you're trying to intimidate me. Like, no, you're trying no. to make me feel unwelcome here. And like, okay. Like, so... Local politics frequently has some people who are just this is the most powerful they'll ever be and they're really hot. Yeah. Now on I wanna it. now yeah. I wanna see like that Christopher Guest movie. Oh yeah. there is such yeah. yes, there is such a movie to be made yeah. just about like local politics yeah. or city council races or something. Absolutely. Yeah. But for people who want to be more involved at this hyper local level and also remember to vote at this hyper local level, yeah. um, how what tips do you have for people to mm-hmm. make sure that they're getting more active yeah. so locally? Yeah. Well there are organizations like there are a bunch of democratic organizations and you can just kind of just Google it, like find one in your town or your neighborhood and um, you usually you have to like be declared a Democrat or say that you intend to become one if you're not currently eligible to vote. And mm. um, that's a great way to get involved. You'll meet people. A lot of it is like it's like getting into any community. You know, you just kind of have to meet a few of the right. people in it and then you will meet more. And um, with with local elections to uh, I guess this depends like I vote by mail. And so that means I always get my ballot in the mail. And so then I go, oh, time for an election. Yeah. I'm going to research all of this. And I do love that about the at-home ballot. Yeah. 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 Like it's you can't so do that more, everywhere. It feels but really empowering. California, you can yeah. do it. Yeah. And um, I think also it's just uh, there is definitely a barrier to like getting interested in local politics because it seems very boring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's complicated. 
but it is the stuff uh, that's going to affect you a lot on a daily basis. And a lot of times local politics are going to affect you more than, than national politics. Mm-hmm. So um, as much as you can, like, try to, to stay informed. And, um, and I do think just, like, meeting people in real life. Like, go, go to a go meeting to and, like, yeah, get commune. Get off your ass. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying yeah. that to me. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and all of us, I think, for yeah. the next four, four years. That's so rad that you did that. Thanks. Yeah, it is really That's cool. really cool. It is really, really cool. I would say also, briefly, if you're somebody who like has a lot of criticisms of the Democratic Party, which a lot of, a especially lot of like right young yeah. liberals and progressives yeah. do, like go go to think, go to some things. Because yeah. you'll you can, see. You can become the Democratic Party. Also, yeah. you will recognize <laughs> that like most of the time, the people at any like Democratic <laughs> Party event, the people running it, it's like a bunch of 60-year-old ladies who just don't have enough help. They're like trying mm. to do everything mm. and there's not enough people there to help them and there's a lot of people criticizing them who aren't doing shit yeah. so like if you want to criticize instead go figure out how it works and like be helpful and then yeah I mean be part of it like that's how you actually make a difference right yeah Very cool. I've always told people that in the in the upcoming years when I start running for office I'm going to run as a Republican I'm switching sides. <laughs> Do a little bait and switch. I'm switching. So, well, I just feel like uh, what, what, like a party game. I like to do uh-huh. is I like to take current issues uh-huh. and just fi- try to figure a, a way to spend them uh, towards a more progressive slant using the sort of uh, like bullet point uh, Republican like wordplay of the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and because <clears throat> you can really t- you can justify just about anything by saying like smaller government. Uh, personal <laughs> responsibility, uh, limited access. Um, you can use all of those buzzwords to basically create. And God bless any America. Plat- yeah, God bless just finish America. everything. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I, I really think like that's what's going to end up happening is we're going to have this infiltration of uh, like young, interested people into both parties. Hmm. And I think what's going to be really exciting is to see what happens to the Republican Party. Because right now we're watching it sort of, we're watching cancer, like we're watching the cancer eat itself. Like like the AM radio talking points from the last like two decades that I, I sort of got to watch firsthand, like my family, who like, like I think part of the reason I was here is like, I have this like insight because I'm a Southern boy right, and with all of my family is super conservative. conservative and I love my family. Of course. But we used to be able to have really interesting discourse where I was like this weird socialist like Santa Claus you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Santa Claus. Uh, yeah no let's just talk about me looking like Santa Claus actually <laughs> for the rest of the podcast um, no but you know you can justify a lot like I th- you know from from basically anything you read any information put a put 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 on like polling of American people is most people in America tend to lean to the right fiscally and lean to the left socially. That is not reflected in our two-party system, and that's the problem. It's like mm. when you have one of the things I always talk about to people when they're when we talk about politics. I try to use my family as an example. Like they grew up rooting for one team, and then a lot of people grow up rooting for another team. You know, so mm-hmm. like if you look at it through the lens of like sports, which I think is like an easy way to make an analogy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a Lakers fan, mm-hmm. and our biggest rival is the Celtics. So every once in a while before, like, uh, you know, a trade or something, or there's, like, trade rumors, there's, like, people on a team that I absolutely hate just because they're my rival. It's right. sports hate. It's, like, fun. Like, yeah. that's, like, the kind of hate you're supposed to have in your body. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's, like, it's like you know, you get, it's, like, a, um, but you'll hear, like, a rumor, like, this Boston Celtic is rumored to come to the Lakers. You know, every once in a while, something like that will get some chatter. Yeah. And... I understand how a lot of people on the right have been sort of just stayed with the momentum of that party Uh because it's so easy. Like I think of like, if I look at it through that lens, I, you know, a few years ago, I could have talked myself into being like, I could root for Paul Pierce, but of course I can't. Like, I don't know (laughs) sports. Like there's like a handful of sports people that are listening to this. Like, that's an excellent point. But it's like, yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's one of those things where, like, you there, when there's only two teams to root for, you root for that team. Last year, when I visited my family um, over the holidays, 
we had a lot of fun. Like I play, I play a game called Let's Agree to Agree with people, mm-hmm. which basically you take uh, any issue that you know, especially if you're like on the left or on the right of the issue. Mm-hmm. The point is to whittle it down into a statement that you can both agree on, and then you build from there. Oh, that's like, kind of fun. Well, like for instance, like the example I use when people ask about that, like at a at a dinner table, like my mom, my stepfather aunts, uncles, all these people. Uh-huh. We played a round of that based on gun yes, control. Yes, ending political opinions. <laughs> That's really oh. what it is. Dangerous social situation. <laughs> it, really, it really is, yeah. But we, we, we played Let's Agree to Agree on gun control. Do you need more whiskey? Yes, always. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my cheeks are still white. They need to be bright red. Um, but the, the statement we built up from was guns are dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, literally everyone should be able to agree that guns are dangerous. That's a really fun, yeah. positive way to go about talking about things. We lost, we lost our way um, yeah. in this country. Yeah. AM radio, the 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 shows on twenty four hour news networks, where it was, you know, John Stewart did that great bit where he ripped apart Tucker Carlson with that mm-hmm. Crossfire show. Mm-hmm. Is the whole point? You're not supposed to be screaming at each other. Yeah. You're supposed to identifying where you disagree and then building on that. Hmm. Like there's an art to that. And the anti-intellectual yeah. movement in this country that's always been there has like it's really, blown. It's it's blossomed right it's now. That's really what we're blossomed. watching. I know. Yeah. It's like when you watch those confirmation hearings, it's yeah. so evident. I know. There it's is scary. no. It's it so is not scary. a conversation. No, it's it's not, reasonable people, people asking questions room. to unreasonable yeah. people. Did you watch the Warren? Um, of course. What's her face? Yeah. I also Did heard a pundit that? like. I heard a pundit give Rubio like points, like it was like a sport, like mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about. I heard some pundit be like, Touchdown, well, Ru- Marco. Yeah, Rubio had like the best showing today. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. Right. Like, it's right. like, ah. Yeah. But, you know, it's the world we're living Were in. Were you able to have those kind of <laughs> constructive conversations this past Christmas? I did not go home this holiday. You did not go home. <laughs> It's uh, it was right. you know after the right after the election, I got a couple of Facebook posts from people in my family yeah. that I promptly deleted. It was like that you know it's gloating, yeah. which I understand. Like uh, you know when Obama won, I was definitely really happy, but but that was because I was pointing to two wars that we were you know Obama from from what I gather and I think we'll we'll see um, pretty obvious as we're looking back into it. But Obama was elected by the anti-war movement. That's what that's what really seemed to like crystallize all of the people that were like, you know, that really like that yeah, grassroots our movement. Was in a really dark place. You know, there was uh, there was a handful of Democratic candidates, mm-hmm. and when you look back at those debates and the the conversations, he was mm-hmm. the one guy that could say I never said okay to any of it. Yeah, and that that gave him the step forward. You know, with with this this last one. This or this last one. I'm trying to like say like uh, he was the election was so long ago, but <laughs> but the the gloating that came out of Donald Trump's presidency, there was no there was no two wars that you pointed to. There was no uh, you know collapse of you know our economic economic system. Yeah. What we were looking at is you know and without <laughs> selling out my family too much, but you hear it when you're in the South and when you're in. Uh, talking to people like that, uh, that that lean that way, it's the feeling that President Obama wasn't a real American, yeah, or a feeling that he wasn't doing everything he could to, right, or they felt, or they, yeah, it was, it was a feeling neglected. instead of things I could point to that yeah. actually happened. Sure, yeah. because we That's are hard in a, to argue the country is in that. a good place, which Absolutely. is why this election is so but they strange. Don't, but they don't feel that it's right. in a good place. And, and not you everyone has felt the benefits of right. it. I, yeah, you can't so, argue with feelings, for one. Yeah. And <clears throat> lives haven't gotten better for everyone. A lot of the jobs aren't coming back, regardless of who's going to be in office. Sure. I take issue with that, actually. You really? I absolutely do. Yeah. In 2008, thing, like, I don't think I'm the only person who was having a very hard time. Um, getting getting everything, a job. Everything was broken. Yeah, yeah. I was in college, so maybe it's you're not lucky. Mine to speak I was about. I was yeah, a few years removed. I had yeah. spent you know I had spent time mm-hmm. try you know out of college being an artisty yeah. guy. I was in a college bubble <clears throat> until 2011, so yeah. I missed That's a lot of fantastic. it. I missed a lot of it though. No, honestly, so in 2008, I I. Yeah, there you was, could feel the recession. There was, you could feel absolutely. It. Yeah. There was a moment where I was like, yeah. I guess I live in my car now. Yeah, you know, and then mm-hmm. I and then I moved in with family and right, friends right. and. 
you know, re- rebuilt everything yeah. to come back to California and start r- working at, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish again. But yeah. that is not... That is not what has happened in this last year. Right. That is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. the economy that is, is in a great place. That is absolute bullshit. It's yeah. not in a great place. It's in a tenuous place always. It's it's <laughs> in a, well, we're in a transition period where yeah. I, I wish we could have made the debate on, do we want to keep supporting, um, you know, the policies that got us into the mess from 2008 and having coal and fossil fuels as our main industry for this country or do we want to move to something that's a little more progressive and future focused if that would have been the argument that's a no-brainer you know it's like even through all of this talk it's just not a no-brainer for everyone because a lot of people they want to go backwards and there is one party that's willing to tell them like i can bring back these jobs even though they're never more of the jobs i was referencing is is the rust belt right like Mm -hmm. those jobs probably but those are gone and they're, 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 and they're, and they're, they're, scape- they're scapegoating back. immigrants too, yeah. taking those jobs. Yeah. No, actually, like ma- that's. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. No, f- yeah. You can the you you build the factory I mean, in a- Mexico, you get cheap labor, mm-hmm. but then you've got cheap land uh, for this huge factory. You fill it up with robotic exactly. arms assembling I mean, things. You were not going to pay. Base- you're not going to pay people to do that. <laughs> so why, why would that, you? Why would businesses make any pay? Sense, it doesn't make any sense. It's it's been very politically wise for the republicans to act like our economy is a lot worse than it is that has helped them and it's uh something that i worry about because um yeah for a lot of voters the actual state of the economy does not matter as much as their perception of the state of the economy Mm -hmm. and uh trump is very deliberate about making uh the economy under obama sound terrible he talks about you know these inner cities that are falling right. apart and crying. John Lewis's district. Yes. Which and is on fire, apparently. Yeah, and <laughs> like, I mean, and plenty of people have pointed out that's racism, and it is. Um, but it's also, um, basically, he's inventing a problem so that he, he can magically fix it. Yeah. Right. So then he will claim he's credit for... Us. Yes, he yes. will claim yes. credit for... Yeah. Uh, that is what that is. For yeah. Obama's... Um, fixing the economy and these problems that were never really problems you know these crumbling inner cities suddenly mm-hmm. he's going to clean them up and mm-hmm. some right. of that will certainly be through Stop um, risk. yeah like crackdowns on on minorities and uh and that's that's kind of what scares me too is i i think that a lot of people don't realize that like the yeah what matters is people's perception mm-hmm. more than the truth and absolutely um and people will love Trump if they feel like he is making the economy strong and mm-hmm. if they feel like he is making America strong. And it doesn't really matter if uh, that – because he certainly won't. You know, he won't. Like, I know that. We all know that. Right. Um, <coughs> but unfortunately, that doesn't matter. It's like, can he convince people? And, and clearly he can convince yeah, people well, like, of a lot of things. Yeah, well, also the media – I mean, just look at the carrier deal. The mm-hmm. carrier deal – so I'm from Indiana yeah. – uh, Carrier deal is a great example of something. It's crony capitalism mm-hmm. uh, that didn't help. Everyone's you know? nodding along. Like, yeah, everyone's nodding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's ridiculous. It's a stunt, and yet it got days of positive media coverage, and it absolutely right. helped him. And he will continue to do things like that yeah. until he threw the union leader under the bus. Then he got some bad PR. Well, I think I don't know we're that also going to see overshadow the good PR. Probably not. Probably not. Right. So I think I think that's the media. most interesting thing to like keep your eye out for is how journalism journalism is going to evolve. Mm-hmm. That's a hard yeah. sentence for me to say. Yeah. Um, just because I think like um, uh, Weekend Update did a great bit about how CNN was trying to you know, talk to Trump about uh, being just being called fake news and all they could really muster was, sir, sir, <laughs> sir. Like, that's, that doesn't work anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that won't work. So there's going to have to be new tactics. And I think a lot of what's going to happen is they are going to have to put in so much work. Sure. Especially so much work. with so the president when, who won't give press conferences. Well, well, and the second they do, when you ask a question, you have to be able to have the fact checks in hand. So as he tries to weasel his way out of the question, you can hit him one, two, three, four, five until he gives you an answer. Yeah. And if he doesn't, it's apparent to every single person with eyes on it that he had to 
he had to very like visibly go through a set of lies and then get caught in each one. Yeah. It's possible people can do it. I've seen I've seen people start to get Kelly and Conway a little bit. Um, yeah, Rachel and Maddow it's just gonna can keep take happening. anybody down. We got a sticker on everybody. <laughs> I think so. Maybe everybody in America that has a press pass has to get her haircut. Yeah, <laughs> that's the law now. <laughs> like I would, I'm a hundred percent behind that. I would love to see Rachel Maddow just go and eviscerate all of these yeah. idiots. I've had that haircut, and it makes me feel powerful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm considering getting it right now. You're pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> um. I'm just going to try and pull us out of the pit of despair of the corruption of what's happening in Woo! America right oh, now and steer us back to activism a little bit since that's our theme for the day. But uh, do, do you guys, I just wanted to know, like, I think because you two are both very actively vocal people about your opinions and getting people to try to be more active. So I just wanted to ask you both, what is the weirdest thing that's happened to you since the election since you've kind of taken a more active stance and what is the best thing that's happened oh, to you? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, the weirdest thing is just being a grown man and having another grown man call me a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, the case closed. That's, it's one of those things where it's... Has it ruined porn for you? <laughs> it certainly hasn't. Uh, <laughs> Anything ruined yeah. porn for you? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, as a because filmmaker, it's like I need it. To, you know, I need it to be like produced well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but just the idea that like uh, that like a new vocabulary and a new like way of attacking people has evolved out of this election cycle is really interesting to me. Like I've read a lot about you know people getting attacked by these like young alt right people verbally and physically and i just think it's like i don't want to say hilarious because that's like the wrong word to use but <laughs> it's it's interesting to me that mm -hmm. like like there's a like there's a new like outlet for like angry white guys mm -hmm. and it's like an, yeah because i'm an angry white guy like um but you're just angry at the other white guys. yeah but that's why i do comedy <laughs> do you know what i mean like yeah like uh, there's there's a there's like a healthy outlet and there's also books that you can read there's there's what are libraries. Some of your, what what just, are you just anything like, like uh, how to deal with my anger? No, not even that. Just like opening up your worldview. Like these these people that are so adamant about this like weird, uh, like right leaning like reality. Mm -hmm. They don't like. There's no way. Like <laughs> someone outside just did something weird, audience, um, <laughs> and it made me break. Um, like. Uh, like, I would encourage anybody who uses the word cuck seriously to just read some Vonnegut. Hmm. You know, read read an old angry man who used his uh, wit and, yeah. like, anger. And his words in a powerful to, yeah, way. To, channel channel to, like, that. Yeah, channel like, to build that. something beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't know, like... Uh, but that's the problem, right? We can create our own realities and curate our lives to the point that we, we, lose touch. we surround ourselves with our own point of view. So. Yeah. In, in, there, in, in that bubble, I guess that word is so popular that you want to spread it. I, I guess, guess, right? It's so weird. <laughs> Overnight, right? Because, like, the, the joke about porn, like, I didn't, it it wasn't until, like, a month ago that I realized those are, like, two separate things. Uh-huh. You know? Like, there's, like, cuckolding, yeah, yeah. which I know, and everyone should Google. Shakespearean. Absolutely Google if you don't know. I like to bring up Shakespeare once a podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, uh. I don't know his cuckold work. Cuckold? <laughs> he talks about being cuckolded all the time. Oh. Yeah. But in a Shakespearean way, not in a like, not in a let's film it from the closet while I sit next to the no, bed. No, basically, yeah. Like having, <laughs> metaphorically having. Like that stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically the same so, way. I love how just a second ago I was yeah, talking like about your, people your needing wife, to be well read. Like getting your, you I just know, your dick myself. metaphorically like, chopped off by <laughs> another dude by your wife. So he was like an English guy? He was like an English guy. <laughs> Yeah, he like did some stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, piano he, guy. What? Piano guy wrote songs. Shakespeare. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a musician. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah. yes, he Top uses, but he uses Shakespeare does use the word I would say in the exact in the same, same way. In the exact same context. In the same way as the alt right in the same way yeah. as porn films. Oh, that's so it, interesting. You know, that word's the same way back. Yeah. <laughs> she made a cuckold of me. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's so much fun. Anyway, I yeah. kind of like that word, but oh, I love it. I, you know what? I think uh, that's really the worst thing that's happened to you. 
yeah, dude, I'm like an affable big white guy. Yeah. <laughs> like people love me, you know? All right. It's like, Let's uh, ask the lady now. This is where it's scary to be on a yeah. podcast like this. It's like, well, name something bad that happened to you. Uh, uh, the Lyft driver said he'd be there in five minutes, and seven <laughs> minutes later, I didn't even see him. Oh, and then, oh, and then someone ruined your life. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, this was like weird and, and bad that happened to me. I got massively harassed um, on Twitter, actually from like a group of progressives. Uh, oh, which yeah, I just never. Expected. They're doing it wrong. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I absolutely agree. Like if you are harassing women who disagree with you, you're a terrible progressive. Uh, and basically, it's just I had seen some tweets that were um, that were basically along the lines of like, oh, I can't believe Cory Booker, uh, like speaking out against Jeff Sessions when he's so close to Wall Street. And I also saw some things that were like, oh, you know, I'm not, I can't believe John Lewis or like I'm not on John Lewis's side because he um, didn't support Bernie. And so I was just like, that is hor- like horribly unproductive. Yeah. And like right now, Cory Booker and John Lewis are speaking out like for us against Jeff Sessions, who is a horrifying monster. Yeah. And like, Mr. and I was sort of like, I was emotional because like I'm gay and Jeff Sessions like hates me, hates everything about me. Oh, and yeah. so to see people on my side, like as opposed to tearing down Jeff Sessions, like tearing down the people um, speaking out against him, like hurt. And so uh, sure. then um, people, some people didn't like that and uh, started, like, doing, like, a coordinated harassment campaign against me. Where, yeah, where, like, one That's guy was... a feather was... in your cap, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it you really made me, it. I will, like, I'll admit, I overall, don't know if I'll ever get coordinated it, harassment. It won me Twitter followers. Like, yeah, but, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course it did. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, screenshotting my tweets and, like, tweeting them and, like, trying to say I was a liar and stuff because, like, Whoa. obviously a very progressive thing is to try and call women liars or crazy. Like, yeah, so progressive. progressive. Yeah, crazy. it's a new thing uh, yeah. that people are just starting to do. And, um, I guess that is progressive for progressives. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess there was, there was, like, one moment in particular because I had gone into it sort of like, oh, maybe we're having a misunderstanding because, like, we're all on the same side. So, like, right. I was just talking to them like a person, which was not working because – they were playing a game where they were trying to like bully me, and I didn't realize. Were they that that's for what real progressive group, or were they some sort of troll? No, these are real people. Like they are real people. Well, that is just they, yes, really disappointing. Yeah. Uh, so there's one person who like she like quote tweeted me and um, my, my tweet about Cory Booker and was like, "Well, my dad is sick and like needs medications to live, and Cory Booker is uh, close to big pharma." And so this is where I was like wow, I've, like, hurt this girl, don't mean to. So I responded, like, I'm sorry, that's not what I was talking about. You know, I was talking about uh, the Jeff Sessions issue, but, like, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And um, then she, like, quote tweeted that and was like, well, I don't believe you. Like, that is, like, that is what you were talking about. And so I was just like, all right, you know, I'm not emotionally in- invested yeah. in, like, sure. what you think about me, yeah. but I hope your dad gets his meds. And then uh, someone responded, like, huh hopes he gets his meds such oh a liberal response like <laughs> oh my goodness. uh yeah Jesus and then they would retweet that they had like ten thousand followers and so that's what i was just like oh i can't say anything right. no like you just hate everything i say uh because if i had been like oh well fuck your dad i don't think that would have been any better <laughs> and like and i don't feel that way like right. i don't want anyone's dad to be sick uh but i also don't think that like me not liking people tearing down Cory Booker while he's testifying against Jeff Sessions means that I want sure. people to not have their medication. Yeah. And isn't that the frustrating thing is there there are two com- conversations to be had. Like I would I I want to root for Cory Booker yeah. all of the time cuz 90% of the time I'm like fucking nice dude. Yeah. But then there's the standard politician stuff. Yeah, he's not a perfect oh, like, hero. Same. Of course we not, right? Because he's there a will human. Never be a perfect hero. But it's yeah. like, yeah. is that what dominates the way that you talk? You, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. it's yeah. in such a weird time because, like, you want to have you. We need heroes, and it, and it's we're we're so like slow to, to like, spot put a spotlight on anyone. Well, also it's people like, are very fast to like rip apart people who don't completely fit like their idea of of purity and like nobody can fit it like i've even seen some like very 
far left people already being like, oh, actually, Keith Elson, not progressive enough. Like, he, he's, <laughs> he's sold out. And it's like... What did he like, sell out? Like, this doesn't... I haven't read that I don't comment even remember, but yet. apparently he's also a sellout. But everyone is a sellout. Uh, like, you, this doesn't work. Like, yeah. you cannot be this <laughs> obsessed with purity. Well, I mean, as you just kind of pointed out, you were just trying to get involved in the very lowest level of government. And yeah. the amount of money that's being poured into just that level... Yeah. Is just a small ripple in the pool of... Yeah. It's just wild, because, like, I don't know. Then I had people accusing me of, like, being pro-Big Pharma and stuff. And I was like, I'm on Medicaid. <laughs> like, I have no <laughs> reason to be pro-Big Pharma. But there is this... I don't know. There's just, are like... They, I'm sorry, but... Are, yeah. The idea of being pro-Big Pharma is so it's odd to ludicrous. me. It's ludicrous. Well, yeah. like, here's what I think it's coming like, from. Like, I guess if you're a shareholder... Is, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. What, what I really think it's coming from is, is people who cannot understand or they do not believe that other people can, like, have the same facts as you and also be a good person but come to different conclusions. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think if you come to a different conclusion, that must mean that you are a bad person right. or you have been bought. Yeah. Uh, instead this is of just why like, we need to keep playing Let's Agree to Agree. Let's Agree to Agree. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a point great in... party game. Yeah, because maybe I, that's our new podcast. Point, like, end of, I, end I, of I love game. Big Pharma because they... <laughs> They make things that heal people. And there's you something to be said about that. I, they do make the I love drugs. How about we start I love there? drugs. Dr- <laughs> drugs can't. Drugs it are be, good. It would, be, it would be, drugs can be beneficial. Yeah, that's yeah. a good, drugs can <laughs> be beneficial. Good and then you build it from yes. there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is a good that's good. Agree. That's really good. I do like that I statement. think that's a really good game. Yeah. Um, before we move into games, what's the best, what's the best thing that's happened to you guys since the election and becoming more active? The best thing. Silence. Still waiting for it. Yeah, yeah maybe tomorrow uh, something real nice will happen. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Not tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, inauguration tomorrow. Yeah. Um, for me, I would say that uh, some of my favorite journalists have shared my work, which has been really exciting. That's amazing. Oh, nice. I wrote something about the uh, the situation that happened in North Carolina with the North Carolina GOP mm-hmm. and the and the governor's race, and. Um, yeah, a lot of like journalists I really respect shared it, and uh, awesome. Joy Reid, who I really love, like have retweeted me and followed me on Twitter. That's so cool. And, yeah, and it's so silly because I'm like, I really do think we are like maybe facing like an extinction level event for democracy in America, but I could still get really pumped up about some RTs and some follows. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, tips, especially for America. Tips you yeah. have for people who would like to be more active. And general, like I'll admit right. here, I am I am new to this. I mean, okay. I'm new to I've talked the talk for a long time, but I'm new to trying to walk the walk. Okay. And I'm going to march on Sunday, and it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> I'm going to the one on Sunday too. There's not a lot just... of people here. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where is everybody? Um, but I'm new to it, and I don't really know what to expect. Um, and I don't really I don't really know what to do. Okay. I do have tips. Great. Yes. Uh, one. Um, honestly, if you are listening to this, you have learning to do. Like everyone has learning to do mm-hmm. because I do believe that if we are going to get through this, get through this time, it will be through making the cause of our lives each other's civil rights. Mm. And we, it is impossible to understand, you know, everything that other people are going through. And there is so much... Um, that other people experience that you just don't know. And so uh, if you're white, that means that you really need to educate yourself on, on racism, on systemic racism, on the experiences of people of color. And that's a lot of reading and a lot of listening. And it's a lot of letting go of your own defensiveness so that you can truly listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, sometimes... That to be big. Yeah, and, like, uh, it's... It's uh, it's so common, and yet it stops all actual, like, productive mm-hmm. learning or conversation. And so, like, yeah, if you're white, you need to have somebody be able to say, I fucking hate white people, and I hate when they do this. And you don't go, oh, I, well, you I know, don't like, do that. You just listen mm-hmm. and understand that, like, they've experienced things in their life that make them feel this way and yeah. why. And um, and if, if you're a man, you need to really be reading up on uh, on sexism and misogyny and straight people need to learn what a you know how deep homophobia goes how what a heteronormative society we live in and like read just like try to every day 
read the perspectives of people who aren't like you. And that's what the internet can be used for. Right. You know? We use it to just reinforce our own beliefs. But, like, something I love to do on Twitter is I love to uh, just, like, follow different activists and, and and learn. And, like, I've learned so much, especially about, like, ableism in the past couple right. of years. I follow some great disability activists who constantly, like, blow my mind. And there are a lot of people out there who um, they are still – taking the time to like be patient and put that knowledge out there and just like but you can't expect to learn it all in a day and you mm-hmm. can't expect somebody to just teach you like you have to take the time to read and to listen and I think like try and take on other people's struggles like your own you know like make what uh, what affects other communities as important to you as what affects yourself um, so that's the first step and also because a lot of um, activism is already happening and it's been happening and it's been happening from groups started by minorities like mm-hmm. there are a lot of like incredible civil rights organizations like we should all be supporters of the NAACP they are doing some incredible like pro-democracy work that we should all be involved in and um, there are great like uh, gay rights organizations and like the people who have they've had to do this for a long time they've been doing it so like don't reinvent the wheel and and uh, and also like activism that only benefits your group like just it's not great like intersectionality really is uh, it, it's I think the way forward like it seems like the only way forward it yeah. is yeah you know because we all matter we all do yeah. you know and, and um, I just think white women. This, I'm speaking as a as a straight, mostly straight, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the day. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> White woman that it, and now I lost my train of thought because I got flustered. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, we'll cut real, that. Everyone has. Please don't. <laughs> uh, everybody has privilege and yeah. all mm. privileges. It's just like when you check your privilege, it tells you what you don't know yet. Right. You know, like what you need to do more listening and reading on. So you'll you'll find out how is life different from for other people and how can I be a part of helping make it better? Because mm-hmm. if you aren't being a part of, of making it better, you are being a part of making it worse, you know? Like, yeah. you, are, you are being a part of, of continuing these systems. So, like, I know I – it's not enough for me to be like, oh, well, I'm not racist. That's not enough. I have to be anti-racist. I have to be fighting the systems of oppression or I'm just letting them benefit me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think also activism is something that, like, it isn't something that you can do for a weekend or a month or while it's cool or while your friends are doing it. Like activism has to become part of your life. Um, like what I was talking about with with democracy, like we wouldn't be in this situation if people were really right. involved. And if we were truly active in our governments and looking out for each other, like our world would be better and it would be better for all of us. So like be prepared to just like have activism be a part of your life for your whole life. At this point, yeah. we all we all have to exactly what Eric was saying. We all have to step up and do something yeah. if we mm-hmm. want to see change in a positive direction. Yeah. yeah. Also, specifically, if you want to like fight fascism, you want to fight Trump. Like there are uh, a lot of ways to do that, and my organization, the Rose Resistance, is a great way to to get involved with that. And you can go to our website and sign up, which means you'll get an email from us, which kind of tells you how to get involved. That's so great. And um, a big thing to do is is start, like, having a, a local meeting. Like, have a meeting at your house. Invite your friends. And, um, like, if you go through us, we will tell you exactly what to do, like how to have your meeting, what to talk about, give you an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other groups that do this, too, like Indivisible is a great group. Mm-hmm. Um and because really, like local meeting, local activism, talking to people face to face, that is it's important, mm-hmm. and it's a good way to also like keep your activism going. Um, and I think also, especially like for for fighting fascism, the biggest like tip I can give people for activism is uh, that you have to hold on to the truth, because what fascism does is it tries to destroy the truth. It tries to destroy the, the idea that there is truth. Hmm. Um, and so 
I think it's important to remember, like, what do you believe in? What do you stand for? Like, even write that down. Yeah. And, like, what does America mean to you? What do you want it to be? You know, what country, what kind of country do you wish you were living in? Or right. do you think this is? And uh, then don't let yourself lose sight of that. Yeah. Because you have to remember that, like, it, in fascism, most people do nothing. So, like, there are some people who go along and they're part of it and they they make it happen. And there are some people who are resistors and they fight it the whole way. And then most people, they just kind of do nothing mm-hmm. because they they aren't political or they don't want to get involved or they're busy. Right. Uh, but they're letting it happen, you know. So we can't be, like, the uh, Americans in the 40s, let their Japanese neighbors be taken away and put into concentration camps and they did nothing. We can't be those people. You know, we can't be the good Germans who minded our own business while our neighbors were taken away. We have to say, like, you take them, you take me. Um, Because I know that there are, there are more of us, like, there are more of us who believe that people are equal and deserve an equal chance in life. Like, and, uh, but most people are going to do nothing. Yeah. You have to remember that. Yeah. So people will think you're kind of crazy if you're doing something. Yeah. You know, you're rocking the boat. Why aren't you giving it some time? Why are you being dramatic or difficult? <clears throat> um, but that just means that you're doing the right thing because doing the right thing is hard. Welcome to the clam bake. It's the opposite of a sausage fest. Just a couple of 